morning. This is the Valley of Grace podcast, episode 119, entitled An Interview with Sherilyn Decker, Part 2. In our last episode with Sherlyn Decker, we touched on healing a little bit, and then we touched on why it is that women stay in unhealthy relationships so long. We're going to pick back up at that point, and we're going to pick back up at the point where Sherlyn has an encounter with Jesus and her life begins to be transformed in a way that it has never been transformed before. was experiencing she recognized that whatever it was that I had been through was now gone mm. so that was community you was used to help heal me a small group of community was used to help you know deal help me deal with the junk exactly. and then my regular community was affirming in that hey, something has happened and transformed in your life because I, I was in the day-to-day. -day. I mm. knew stuff was happening in my heart. I knew chains were falling off. But what right. I didn't realize was the transformation that had happened. Mm. And another funny story is during this season, well, I mean, my whole entire life up until recently, I've been a worship leader. So I was mm -hmm. on stage every single week at church, microphone in hand, right. you know, just singing a part of the praise team, right? And so that was just my life. And so during mm -hmm. this season, I was up in front of everybody week mm. out after week, after week. And there was just a pureness in my broken brokenness in my mm -hmm. worship that I was just coming and laying it all out. Right. Exactly. And so as things began to shift and things began to change in my life, so did my worship experience. And mm -hmm. I didn't realize that, but people began to whisper about it at church. And I don't know what, I don't know where, when it started or whatever, but my husband and I were in line for, he was getting coffee and I think we were mm -hmm. getting the kids, the kids donuts or something. And somebody comes up to us and asked uh, if we were pregnant because I was glowing so much. They just really? assumed that that had to be what was happening. And we just laughed like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. So we put it, <laughs> we put it to the side, right? Because he nearly spit his coffee out of his nose. It was one of those, like, we're not having any more kids. So, so <laughs> right, I certainly hope the not. Devil is a liar, huh? <laughs> and then a couple of weeks later, one of the pastors came up to us and he's just like, man, I just see God is working in your life. And he was able to show us what he'd observed Mm -hmm. in just my worship. And so here community again was affirming the work that God was doing in my life because I was showing up different. 
Mm. And so that, you know, the right community that are influencing your life to help you heal um, will naturally fall, will naturally drip over into the rest of your life. And then people who know you just on the outside, the people that you're not letting into the core of you, right. they will begin to notice that things are different. And I tell you mm-hmm. what, that's when your testimony begins to light on fire. Oh, my word. Isn't that so the truth? And I've also noticed myself, I don't know if you've noticed this, there's something in other people that lets them know that even if they are trying to convince you of their way, but when you become so certain in what it is that God, you know, once you've gone through the fire of something and God has tested you and you know what it is, how you're supposed to proceed forward. And when other people are like giving you different ideas and it's not that you're not welcoming them, you're listening and everything. And then you're like, no, but this is the way that I've been told that it is going to be for me or I'm not, that's not the way that God told me he wanted me to do it. And then sometimes people will take that as like, oh, well, you think you know so much, but it's not that it's because you've already been, you know, God has already directed you and what it is that you are supposed to do. And sometimes it upsets people because of that confidence that you have in the Lord because of him directing you and you going according to that. You know what I'm saying? And them trying to change your mind. I've had that to happen recently. It's like, no, God has already shown me. I need to keep going in the direction I'm going. And uh, some people have literally got offended. And I'm like, no, I've been there, done that. I'm not about to go through another trial with the Lord because of what you're telling me. That's exactly right. And I think we have to realize that people are we're, people who are advice givers are well-intentioned, but yes. they're coming at it through their lens yes. of how they see things. Yes. And when God has given us his glasses, we see it through a clarity from this, from the father, when we see it from a clarity of our, of what God has said. And then we can, if we fully wear that confidence and other people don't wear that confidence, then they get nervous because they're like, well, you're trusting in something that I don't trust in yet. Yes. That's exactly what it is. Like you said, they're well-intentioned. You know what I mean? But like you said, it's like you're trusting in something, but this is the way that 500 other people are doing this. Like, but what I'm telling you is I've been there, done and checked it off. And God has told me that's not the way he wants me to do it. And, and I it may not make him. any sense. It right. may it not may make not any, make sense, any at all. sense to you. Yeah. I mean, Noah had to make a boat. What the heck is a boat? He had to build a boat. They'd never heard of rain before. And he's being mocked right? because he's building a boat and they're making fun of him. And he had to mm-hmm. stand firm on what he heard from the Lord that this is what I've been asked to do as crazy as it sounds. And we have to be willing to stand firm and trust God. And that means though, we have to learn how to hear his voice yes. so that we can know, like we know, like we know that it's his voice. And, and so what does that mean? And so, well, I'm very familiar at the voice that talks to me when I stand on the scale in the morning, because the Mm -hmm. numbers on the scale say something. It measures my it measures my contents. Right. Yes. And then this voice comes and it begins to speak to me about my worth because of the number on the scale. Right. Or maybe maybe, you know, maybe maybe Corona quarantine had us eaten a little bit more than we should. And now our shorts don't fit from last year or something like that. Right. I mean, that, that's, that's me. That's just my <laughs> life right now. Can I just be honest? <laughs> I'm so being we, honest because that's me right now, Sherilyn. <laughs> so but we have to recognize the yeah. voice of the accuser. 
Mm-hmm. We have to recognize the voice of the offense. We have to recognize the that the you know the spirit at which those voices are coming at us. And then when we can, I can recognize. Okay, then I've had moments where God has spoken something to me, and I know that wasn't my idea. There's no way that crazy thing I came up with. Now I can come up with some pretty crazy ideas, <laughs> but this one was not mine. And so Mm -hmm. then you were like, where did that come from? And so then you begin, you have to begin to learn how to hear from God. And I mean, oh my goodness, I could, I could write a book on how to hear from God because Mm -hmm. it's so unique and individual. And we have to learn how, how to tune our radio to what God is saying. And for each of us, that's unique, just like Mm -hmm. our music that we appreciate is, is different. And the type of music we like and are drawn to is different. The way God speaks to you is going to be different than the way he speaks to me, even though there might be some similarities in it. Yes. Um, because we've been talking about, um, uh, we sometimes God speaks to us in patterns. Sometimes we begin to see something in the word and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden we'll hear a, pre- a preacher preach on it and then we'll see something on social media and then we'll see something on a bumper sticker and then we'll see something on a t-shirt and it's all the same theme. And then you're like, right. all right, you've got my attention. What are you trying to say? Mm-hmm. And so, but, so he uses those themes and patterns in our lives to kind of talk to us about, hey, something's going on. So for people who are listening today, you know, and they stumbled into this podcast on how to free themselves from, you know, bondage and shame and unhealthy relationships, God is speaking to you. God wants to set you free. And so let's just hold on to that and know that he's going to equip you with everything that you need to completely walk into his fullness and his victory. Amen. Amen. I would love for you to right now talk about your calling as an author and speaker. And yeah. everything else she got going on as far as ministries. So both of those things came out of a place of pain. Mm. And um, the whole author thing, the book is the story of, of um, all God did to transform my life using my layoff and how he used that struggle to do it. Now it's, um, it's not about, it's not about only written for women who've been laid off. It's women walk is for women who've been through any kind of struggle. That's trial. That's things that didn't go according to plan. That's any kind of transition where it has been difficult because one of the things that, you know, God has shown me is he showed me through Holy spirit school, how to like, listen to him and how to focus and how to overcome those things. And so it's funny because God asked me to write it during COVID Mm. And it was published in December. And so it was a very fast work. And um, that so that's kind of the author thing just kind of happened last year. So this is still fresh and new. And wow. and then, you know, hearing from God, I just finished my audio book yesterday. So it's with the engineer to go make it all sound all good. Mm-hmm. And then I'm in the process of taking a um, small group of women through the book right now. And we are, you know, discussing it on a regular basis and um, getting insights because what's coming out of that is the need for a workbook. So I'm in the process mm-hmm. of writing a workbook. So people can, I mean, cause the book is full of questions to, okay. you know, kind of say like, um, um, think about this or ask God this or reflect on this. It's full of tons of, um, of things to go do, but I wanted the workbook needed to go a little bit deeper. And so I'm in the process of building that and we'll see where God takes it, but it's all been, you know, just an exciting thing that was birthed 
in the middle of a pandemic. So that's beautiful. And then as the speaking thing, remember how I said that, you know, those crazy ideas that come that are not yours, that's that. Yes. So it was one of those crazy ideas that God dropped into my heart during my healing process. And I'll tell you kind of how it happened. So I was mopping the floor of the kitchen, mm-hmm. dressed in my grungy clothes, right? Hot pink bandana, mm-hmm. pushing back my dirty, dry shampooed hair, right? And I'm plunging the mop into the bucket and I just mad at God. And I'm like, what on earth? And, you know, just like, what do you want me to do? And it was in that place of desperation where I heard him, not audibly, but I heard him in my spirit. And I heard him tell me I was not going back to work. Not like I had before. He was calling me into something else. He was speaking one of those things. And he began to continue to show me and give me, um, he gives me pictures. And he began to give me this picture of me standing on this stage inside of a convention center, speaking to crowd of women. Like we're talking like a base, a basketball stadium, right? Full of women, you know, like a, a place you would go see like a, you know, a huge concert packed with women and I'm speaking there. And I was just like, Oh dear God. Well, I hid that in my heart and I didn't say anything. And I'm reading this book. I was reading Jonah by Priscilla Shire. Mm-hmm. And my mom had picked it up at a conference and the Lord had told her I needed to read it first. So I was mm-hmm. reading it and, um, And then my husband's like, what's that book you're reading? And I was like, oh, it's a Bible study book about Jonah. And he was like, he's like, oh, and he says, who's it by? And I said who she was and he doesn't know who she is. And so I was like, oh, he goes, uh, I said, she's, you know, she's a speaker. She speaks at women's conferences and Mm -hmm. she teaches the Bible studies and she writes these books. And he goes, how come you can't do that? And I was like, oh, so here my husband was the first one to speak into something God had just shown me a couple of weeks before. Hmm. And so it was in that process that, um, you know, and, and my husband was not on board with me not going back to work. I tell that story in the book, but mm-hmm. he, he definitely was not on board at first. God had to turn his heart mm-hmm. and he did. Um, but it, he's been nothing but affirming in the process. And I'm only just now um, in the last, you know, um, couple of years, uh, been stepping out and speaking and sharing. And, and it's started on a lot of podcasts, which is fantastic because that's where we are right now. We've been home for yes. a year. We've been consuming podcasts. And it's just been a beautiful way because Mm -hmm. we can't, we haven't been able to, to um, gather together in large congregational groups like we used to. And, you know, God is beginning to show me that women's conferences are going to look different. And I'm not sure what that looks like yet, but I know that I'm going to be a part of a new model. And so I just, we'll see what he does. So that's kind of where I'm at. Amen. Wow. (laughs) It's something how God will show us certain, you know, bits and pieces. And then it's like, but then we don't know what's going to happen after that. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. That, you know, whether it's in a dream or him telling us to other people along with giving us those confirmations, we can feel in our spirit that something's going to happen, but we might not be given all the details, you know, like we said before, we want to know the end, but God is just like, trust me. That's right. I saw this quote on my social medias uh, this morning and it was from Pedro Adeo. And he says that um, we get clarity when we take the first step. Yes. So God promises us that he will light our path. He doesn't say he'll light the whole thing. (laughs) Right. (laughs) 
<laughs> so we we take the first step and then he yes. shows us the next one. And yes. I don't know if if I mean you probably remember Indiana Jones, right? And so there's mm-hmm. a scene in the movie where he's got to get across this ravine I and remember. it yes. tells him that there's a bridge there and he's like no way in heck, right? So he takes right. dirt or whatever and he throws it out there to test and sure enough the dirt stays and and because the bridge is invisible. But right. sometimes it feels like you're jumping into a ravine because you don't know where you're going and you have to trust that Mm -hmm. you're going to land on solid footing and not splat at the bottom. Right. And so sometimes it's like just trusting your map and just saying, well, God, this is the step you told me to take. It doesn't look like the step is there, but I'm going to trust you. And then we take the step that he asked us to take through discernment, through confirmation. I mean, we're not willy nilly out there doing crazy stuff. We are trusting the voice of the God. We're trusting the voice of God and we're saying, okay, this is what I know to be the next step. Mm -hmm. And we take it and then we're like, yes, it was the right step. And then he begins to show us the next one. And then before you know, we're out too far and we're turn around and be like, all of this was faith. I know what you mean. Yes, yes, I know what you mean. Yes. Yes. I mean, like you said, it's really faith when God, you know, like you said, is taking that first step and then he'll show you the next. He'll show you the next. He'll show you the next. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But well, Hebrew says willingness. that well, and Hebrew says that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of what? Things unseen. Mm-hmm. That means we have to trust the unseen substance and mm-hmm. we have to have hope that yes. it's there. Right. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's the evidence of things unseen. This, yes. That's just what we have to sometimes remember is the walk of faith is not necessarily one that looks like, you know, a beautiful red carpet out in front of us where, you know, the, the angels are singing, huh? you know, not necessarily how it mm-hmm. is. We have those moments, but right. typically it's when we need affirmation and we hear the well done, good and faithful servant, you're doing Amen. exactly what I've asked you to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when we face discouragement, that's definitely when God begins to show up and be like, girl, girl, you're doing great. I know. Tell me about it. You know, you're like, Lord, I thought you said to do this, but I've been doing it for how long and I don't see anything. And it's like, you know, then he is like, he'll send something, some type of way, even if he's not, I know this with myself, even if he doesn't specifically answer that prayer request right away, he might send me someone to help with five or six things I need to have had done around the house that I can't do. And I will feel so blessed about that. Even in the midst of my drama, knowing I got 50 other things that's undone and that's emergencies, but he'll send someone to take care of so many different things. And I would just feel, but so then those little moments, you know, we learn to, I guess I would say, appreciate God's goodness. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And we begin to see his harvest because he's, he works in seed, plant, weight, harvest. And Mm -hmm. so sometimes we're, we're getting a harvest for things that we have planted a long time ago. And we're just now beginning to see it because of how good and kind and how you did something for somebody else that planted a seed. Mm -hmm. And now when you need it, you get the harvest of somebody come doing something for you. The whole entire world works in a cycle of seed, plant, weight, harvest, seed, Mm -hmm. plant, weight, harvest. And everything that we do is that way. And so if Mm -hmm. we think of, okay, I may not be seeing fruit this particular minute, but I know I have a garden filled with seeds all over the place. And when I need it, when I need it, God will provide and he will cause that harvest to come and bring me fruit. 
Yes. Amen. Amen. Oh, my word. Yes. So what would you say would be the necessary key components when it comes to healing? Number one is give it to God. All of it. Mm -hmm. Every pain, every sorrow, every mistake, every wound inside your soul, because the word says he is our healer. He knows the deepest places of our pain. And the beautiful thing is, is he knows exactly what we need to heal us. Mm. And so we have to give it to God. And oftentimes when, you know, women have been in bad relationships, we don't know how to trust God anymore. We don't know how to trust anyone anymore. Amen. But when we know that we can trust him with our heart because he loves us, then we can begin to trust him. And now, and sometimes love gets a bad rap. When we've been in an unhealthy relationship, sometimes it's fake love that's Mm -hmm. controlling and manipulating. Mm -hmm. But God's love is pure and perfect. It's more than we can comprehend. And it's never ending. There is no end to it. Some of our relationships, our friends have been in our life for a short time, and then there's an end to that relationship. And we're devastated because now they're going one way and we're going another. And and the love that we've had with them has ended. And that's Mm -hmm. painful, even beautiful friendships. Thank you. But God's love for us is never ending. There's nothing that can separate us from it. So once we've experienced that pure love of God and that love that soaks so deep, deep inside, it begins to heal us from the inside out. So the necessary step is to give it all to God, because I love how the word says he knows our thoughts before we even speak them. Mm -hmm. We're that connected to him that he knows our thoughts. Mm -hmm. So if he already knows our thoughts, then why not tell him what they are? They're not going to scare him. Our fears aren't going to scare him because the word says, cast our cares on him. He's asking for them. Mm -hmm. And in that process of us saying, God, this is heavy and weighty and it feels awful. And I feel like trash and all of those things that we feel and we think true or not true, pour them out and give them to God Mm -hmm. and he will take them. And then he's like, then he's, he does some, that transparency that we can have with God that shows him all of our ugliness. By the way, he knows it's there. Right. <laughs> but in the process, I mean, I love the process of, of the refining of gold because they mm-hmm. boil it. Yes. They boil it. All that nasty gunk comes to the surface and, got, and so the refiner can wipe it away. Well, it's the same thing with our relationship with God. He, stuff is going to cause in our life, circumstances are going to boil. Mm-hmm. And they're going to cause this nasty junk to come to the top. And then we're like, "Ooh, gross. Look at that. And instead we stuff it down mm-hmm. when God's like, no, 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 that's up here for the reason. Show it to me. Let me take it and let me wipe it away so we can have you purified. And right. that's the process of learning to trust God with all that junk. And that junk could look like, I mean, so many different things. Junk is junk. We know what it is. is. Yes, we, we know do. what it is. Amen. We do. Mm-hmm. And it's not just the stuff our friends are pointing out. Like, you know, there's some of that, but there's the stuff that only we know about. Only we know. Yep. That's in our hearts. Amen. Oh, my word. Yes. Yes. So if a woman came up to you and they said, I want my power and identity back, what advice would you give them? My first question is, where did you leave it? Mm. That's deep. Mm-hmm. Because when we find out who stole it, 
we find out where we left it, we can go and get it. If we know where we left it, we can go get it because God is the good at finding things. Mm. If we know where we lost it, we can take God into that circumstance and we can get it back. Mm-hmm. And the Lord and the word says that when the thief is caught, he must repay. Mm. Not just one time, multiple times. There's so many examples in the Bible where the thief has had to repay up to a hundred times. Mm-hmm. Tax collectors have had to repay back the loan, you know, what they took multiple right. times. So there's this process of saying, when I lost my power and I lost my identity, mm-hmm. well, then where did it go? Mm. Let's go back and let's okay. go get it. Now, this doesn't mean, I mean, let's, this is spiritual now. This doesn't right. mean we walk back into a bad relationship <laughs> because we're going to teach him how to treat me right. No, right. no, not being a fool, right? No, there's a difference between <laughs> foolishness and wisdom. That's exactly right. What instead we do is we take it to the Lord and we say, you know what? That relationship robbed me. Mm. And I'll never forget when the Lord spoke to me and he told me to do the math. And I was in through a situation. I lost my job. There'd been a whole bunch of stuff happening. And the Lord was just like, do the math. I want you to write down everything that you feel like you've lost and everything that you've stolen. Because that's what it says when we do an account. We take an accounting to the judge and we're like, here's all the inventory of everything that was stolen from me. Right. Because when stuff is stolen from me, then you can do what? You can make a claim on the insurance. You know who our insurance is? Hmm. The king. Amen. We can take our stuff. We can take our list and be like, hey, all this stuff is mine. And they took it. Mm-hmm. And guess what he says? He gives it back. He restores what the locust ate. Amen. Rest- the thief has to repay. So there's this concept of restitution and restoration that comes in the victory of being a kingdom girl that mm-hmm. I want to empower you with. So when you come to me and you say, I want my power back, I'm like, girl, let's go get it. Okay. <laughs> let's get up and go right now. Let's go get it. Mm-hmm. And, we, and we do that with, we do that in the spirit. We do that with prayer. Yes. And, um, and, we, and we can't do, I mean, and we, we re- yes. Oh, wow. That was deep. Very much so deep. How would you define? Uh, I got two words for you. The first one is flourishing, and the second one is resilience. My definition is roar back, and that's the title of my book. So it's not just getting through the struggles of life, but responding to the struggle with a confidence that is so bold that it lights Mm -hmm. a fire in your belly. Mm. And then you become equipped to overcome everything, all the obstacles. You begin to see the lessons in your life in such a way that it transforms your future because you're not going back. You're not doing things the same way. Because I tell you what, if we don't figure out the pattern that caused us to go around that mountain the first time, we're going to keep going around it and around it and around it. Keep having the same relationships, keep having the same kind of friends, keep having the same kind of stuff until we decide to do something different. So when we are resilient and when we are flourishing, then we begin to face off the stuff in our life in a completely different, powerful way. Mm-hmm. And then we get to do what we're doing today. We get Amen. to testify and share our stories with other people so that they're, so that our struggles can help other people be overcomers. That is what it looks like to be resilient and flourishing. Oh, my word. Yes. Amen. That's powerful. Now, 
I think of the name Sherilyn Decker, and I say that to someone, what would be something you would want them to know about you? If I, I said a, you know Sherilyn Decker. <laughs> uh, I am a lifter of people. Amen. I want to have people feel like they are left better than I found them. Mm. I want to be an encourager. I want to speak life into people because that's who Jesus is. Yes. Mm. That is deep. Holy Spirit. Yes, definitely. Holy Spirit. If money was not an option, what would you do to help women? It has been a dream of mine to have a retreat center Mm. where women can come and rest and relax, be spiritually filled in those seasons of dryness and to be equipped and empowered. Because we're all walking through something. I saw this. I heard this quote one time and I can't remember who said it. Um, I do give him attribution in my book, but he was just like somebody where there's three types of people. We're either getting ready to walk into a trial. We're in one or we just got out. Mm-hmm. And so it's a cycle and to be able to be able to be with those women who are getting, who are in something and I can bring refreshment to them by connecting them to God and letting him, he do the work that they need to do in their life to break free. And freedom can look like all kinds of things for me in this past season, freedom has looked like confidence. Mm-hmm. Freedom can look like clarity. Freedom can look like, um, um, healing. Freedom can look because because healing is layered. We yeah. don't. I mean, there are times when God heals it right to the root and He gets it done. Then there are times that He likes the process. Oh Lord, I hate the process. He likes the process of unfolding layer by layer all of the different things so we can see mm-hmm. what it's done. Oh my word, yes, and oh boy, it can be painful, rewarding, but it's not a pretty sight. But it doesn't have to be painful because when we go through healing with the Lord, we're set free. It might be hard to look at it. It's hard to look at it and say, oh yeah, I did that. Mm -hmm. Or I was a part of that, or I let that happen to me or whatever, but it can be healing to know that he took it. He took it. Oh, my word. It doesn't have to be painful. So if we can switch our mindset to say that healing doesn't have to be painful, healing is beautiful. Mm -hmm. And we're going to come out of it on the other side completely. Oh, my word. Yes. When we see the beauty of it, you know, um, because the process, I guess I would say the process of it can be painful. But like you said, the beauty that comes out of it. Oh, my word. You know? Oh, wow. Yeah. The beauty that comes out of it. And then you go like...